Thank you for joining us for this episode of Journey Now, produced by Journey Church in Brentwood, Tennessee. For more information on Journey Church and our gatherings, visit journeytn.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Journey Now podcast. My name is Kevin, and I have a dog in my lap and a song in my heart. And we have a lot of people. And that's not Kevin. A lot of people in my office, yeah. as I am Kevin, yeah. and uh, my, my name is Kevin Jerome Dixon. Jerome? And, yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's a family name. Yeah. It goes back to the War of 1812. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you're not in Tennessee or from Tennessee, you will not be aware of something so massively significant that happened over the last weekend besides our service. Um, but we just needed to get a couple of eyewitnesses account, yeah. uh, eyewitness accounts <laughs> to the glorious invasion of Taylor Swift into Nashville. Three nights, sold out shows. But there was one night in particular. There was hailing and it was thundering and lightning and raining. And we have we here at Journey Church, at the podcast, we here have two eyewitnesses. Swifties. We have two Swifties. Swifties. Yes, Betsy. And Katie, we're not going to identify them by their last names, okay? Just for their for their own <laughs> protection. For, yeah, for their own protection. Just go to our okay. website; you can figure it out. Okay, but but ladies, which show? Which I, I need you each to report in, and which show did you go to? They both went to the same show. Okay, Ke- Kevin, Mike. I'm Mike. You're oh, Kevin. Geez. Oh. Shut your trap. Oh, Mike. Mike. All right. All right. Kevin's always wanted to say that to Mike. It's so funny. I know. It's amazing. All right. At night three. Okay, get in there. We went to night three. Which was the the raining? Yeah, so there was a four-hour delay, but I didn't get to the stadium until 10 p.m., so Katie can tell us all about what happened at the stadium. Oh. Until 10 a.m. No, 10 10 p.m. Because she was smart. Well. Shelter in place. Yeah, because there was a shelter in place. There was a lightning delay. So what, at like 6.30? Yeah. They stopped letting people in or yeah. out of the stadium. And my sister and I were not there yet. Uh, so we went and got ice cream. We went back to my parents' house. I knew wow. you were in trouble when you walked I mean, in. Yeah. Oh, there it is. Shake okay. it off. So Katie can tell us all about <laughs> Yeah, Katie, tell happened. us about the journey. What time did you get to this the stadium? This unreal. Um, what time did you? In Sunday there. Sunday night there. show. Sunday got night there show. at 4.30 p.m. What was the advertised start time? 6.30. Okay. So uh, reasonable. Yeah. Totally reasonable. Right. When when were you aware of the potential of bad weather? At, at what moment? 4.30. 4.40. When When did they, when, did it start raining? 4.40. 4.40 started raining. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. And then uh, when was their lightning? 6.30 we took uh, shelter in place. Okay. And tell me about the shelter. Where were you and, and who were you with and how great was it? Um... I was with all of Nashville. (laughs) Speak into the mic. Level one on the concourse at Nissan Stadium. Nice. Nice. And you were just standing there. Yeah. Yeah. But but there was excitement in your heart. Did you have a Taylor Swift t-shirt on or any merch? Oh, Um, she had some stuff on. Oh, Mike. (laughs) Oh, we we get pictures. We went at four thirty. Was to stand in the merch line. Yeah, yeah, because that yeah. Yeah. And it was all sold out. Okay. So Kylie got a small shirt. Okay, Kylie is someone who's related yes, to Katie by blood. Well, you don't sound old enough to have a daughter. Well, so that's I just true. was gonna leave it's that my leave that ambiguous daughter. out there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, my sister. All right. So when so you're standing there for what, three, four hours? Four hours. Just standing there. 
Uh, we sat some. Too. Okay, that's excellent. Yeah. <laughs> and and what were you thinking? Were you thinking, oh, this might not happen? Were you thinking, wow, we spent all this God, money I wore for leather nothing? Pants. That's what I was thinking. Wow. Okay, that took a turn, ladies and <laughs> gentlemen. We're gonna put a warning on this. Okay. So yes, thankful we wore leather pants. At yes. what at what point though did the uh, the did the shelter in place resolve itself? Um. I think it was like 10, not, 10. well, oh. it was like 9.45. We 9.45. finally took our seat at 9.45. Okay, and now we pick up Betsy's narrative. Yes. Okay, so you arrive <laughs> at 10. I yes. text Betsy and I say, we're in our seats. We're in our seats, come in. And you're dry completely. Yes. And Because we were in our car, but then we got out, it was pouring rain. Yeah. So we put on our ponchos. Yeah. We found uh, free parking downtown, which was yeah. amazing. Okay. And then we walked across the pedestrian bridge into the stadium and up to our seats. Oh my goodness. And 10 minutes later, Taylor took the stage. We made it just in time. Oh my goodness! Okay, there it is. Can we can we just get a couple of reflections? Was it still raining? Pouring, pouring. And Taylor did the show. Yes, the whole show. I don't, I wasn't there. I don't know, Susie. Why are you, what, at you, me? you you you. <laughs> I was in bed. There was an. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and so she did the whole show in the rain. Yeah, in her Louis Vuitton boots. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah. What a sacrifice. Yeah. What a sacrifice. What a sacrifice. <laughs> I mean, I did watch some clips actually this morning of her performing in the rain, and I was really impressed. It, I mean, it was impressive. That and is, nobody felt. That is dedication. Yeah. Right. I mean, that was Dang. awesome. Dang. Yeah, it was really There it is. It so time. it was worth it. Yes. Okay. Do it again. Okay. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Eyewitness reports. Yeah, it yep. actually went This was went better off. than E Entertainment Television. Yeah, yeah I could. I feel like that's we sad. should be on the red carpet somewhere. That's really going, sad. Hello, ladies. Now, what were you wearing, Betsy? I mean, besides a poncho. A poncho. Like, but just, did you have any? Merch? Just a poncho. <laughs> just a clear poncho. No, my, my sister and I were wearing matching shorts and like shirts with flowers on them. So we were kind of like fearless era. Okay, fearless era. But you couldn't era. see them because we had ponchos on over them. Yeah. Fast. All night. Oh, okay. So it didn't really matter what um, we wore. Yeah. I'm constantly in the red era. Red era. Wow, yeah, because your red hair. Nate has red hair, yeah. That was that's a good the one, joke. Nate. That's good the, one. That's a great joke for a podcast. All right. right. see you. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> All right, ladies. All right. Ladies, thank you. Sorry to interrupt thank you. you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. This was just a big deal. I didn't know. In our own just little tiny community, there were eyewitnesses to maybe one of the greatest acts of sacrifice outside of Jesus of Nazareth, <laughs> then Taylor Swift performing for three hours in her Louis Vuitton boots. Yeah. I mean, we had in to the report rain. on. Yeah. In the rain! Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen. I didn't know Louis Vuitton made boots. I don't even know what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, today, um, Mike has a dog on his lap. <laughs> Um, Susie is Lacey. as always perfect, radiant. radiant. Yeah. The word Shekinah oh. has been applied not only to Yahweh but to Susie sometimes. <laughs> but we're we're joined by a couple of special guests. Tim, you want to introduce uh, the the this guest we have today, Tim Tims? Yes, everybody. We've got from the Red Era, Nate Erie. Yep. Nate Erie. Yep. <laughs> I don't know why Nate would be on your mind. I don't know. Dang it. <laughs> um, and then everybody, we've got Tim Stafford. Tim Stafford, oh, ladies and gentlemen. So my name's Tim Timmons. Yeah. But then we've got the better Tim. No, no. Tim Stafford. Our, I, my question to you, Kevin, is or Mike, is this. <laughs> Are both Tims bearded? 
Are they highly bearded? Apparently, yes. Highly hot and bearded. Yes. yes. Um, what's so funny, Tim, is that we're sharing a mic. That's and right. The Tims are sharing a mic. We're sharing two mics. Yes. Ooh. What, what? And, Tim, I just know your voice because I listen to your podcast all the time. Oh. Yeah. So it's fun to like, see the human. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So and he's different. wearing a Janet Jackson shirt. It's true. Yeah. It's yep. true. Who was also She's here this also past weekend. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep, jinx. I don't know why there wasn't as much excitement about that, but <laughs> Rhythm Nation, I'm sorry. I went to that tour. That's boom. That's still one of my favorite albums. Yeah, so good. Me too. So, ladies and gentlemen, we have we have Beyond a Full House. We have yeah. a canine. Yeah, we have Kevin with multiple personality disorders. Yes, today <laughs> it is a bit a bit confusing as to who I am. Yes, it is. Well, is that abnormal? Yeah, very. Yeah, Kevin. Kevin is just the perfect <laughs> representation of the grandpa from The Simpsons. When he's wow. yelling, when he's wow. yelling at truck companies to get off our lawn, and all the boys are kind of scared of Kevin. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They are. Yeah. yeah, I know. Kevin is literally I the walk, nicest person in the history yeah. of the world, unless yeah, you, I walk yeah. out. You walk on the new grass. Don't tread oh, on me. You know don't what I mean? Park mm. in the grass. Yeah. Oh. And yeah. don't mess with the chair arrangement in. And, Our little gathering. And don't place. kick a ball against my wall out here. Oh. They all like, oh, that you can see the look in their eyes. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, no, I think you're really representing Jesus great. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. trying. Hi, I'm the pastor of the <laughs> church yeah. where you're yeah. having Get your school. The, yeah. 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 Get, Get out of here. Lawn. Get off my lawn. <laughs> all right. So we have. For two... God so loved my lawn. Yes. The world. He that, did. That he gave his, his one, one and only. only. Anyway. Uh, no son we have been um exploring john three sixteen. yes big nate had a major part at yeah. the 11 o'clock service yeah. where he facilitated the role as the Slapmaster 3000 and i didn't consent to that yep and i pulled him up to, we were illustrating the difference between a, a four-handed slap and a backhanded slap that's two weeks in a row you've traumatized your children well There's it's no it's funny because they don't there's no traumatizing. I'm built. I'm built for this. <laughs> you were actually. You were wow. actually born. You for actually it. are built. Wow. For you were born for it. You saw I take it back. Then I take it back. It's my birth, right? It's the oldest. Yeah. Yes, you get the double portion. Wow. Anyway, do you mind to repeat the points you made about speaking the truth that actually means truthing? Yes. That was. Mm-hmm. That was. I thought. Uh, the, Whoa. Okay. So those both have to do with the Sermon on that's, the Mount. The, yes. That's amazing. So we were talking about um, the fact that the the word world is used in different senses. And a couple of those are very good, like the inhabited earth. God loves the inhabited earth. God loves the creation he's made. Yeah. But there's a negative part of the world, and that's what we're warned against. Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. Don't love the world. That That third aspect is the aspect of organized rebellion against God, both from the fallen powers and the fallen human persons that kind of, you know, like symbiotically work together to oppose God's purposes. So the, the point we were making is you have to, you can't just sit and call everything that's Christian good and everything that's non-Christian bad. The Bible doesn't give us that option. The Bible invites us into this posture of discernment, which is super hard. And that's what took us to the Sermon on the Mount. Ah. Um, and so discernment, uh, we talked about Crino, I think it was last episode, so yep. we reintroduced that concept. Now, when we get to any any talk of what it means to love the world, there are you know, big streams of Christian thought that say the way that we love the world, the most loving thing 
we can do in the world is to tell them the truth. Right. And the verse that gets quoted there is from Ephesians, where it says, where it says in English, speak the truth in love. Yeah. And, uh, and I've heard this, I mean, my whole life, the most loving thing you can do is tell people they're, they're a sinner and going to hell or that they're wrong in their lifestyle or whatever. Yep. And that's all done in the name of love. And I was trying to push against that by saying, first of all, that's not how Jesus ever conducted himself with people. Um, if anything, he spoke the harshest to the religious leaders um, and threatened them. <laughs> but but secondly, that whole speak the truth in love, which was new to me. I, I never had looked at that verse in the original language. Mm-hmm. And the verb there, uh, um, to, to speak truth, there's no verb to speak. There's just the word truth, but Paul turns it into a participle, which means he adds an ing. And so literally the text says truthing in love in english we add the speaking the truth but if you actually go on to read the next couple of verses it talks about jesus as the truth and the community is invited to truth jesus so that the way that we truth is by embodying jesus as a community so it's more like living the truth yes um yes embodying the truth truth in love love. yes it is much less of an abstract, I'm going to make sure everybody knows that they're wrong, and much more congruent with our understanding mm-hmm. of the New Testament, which is the church is to be the agent of truth, and the way they truth is by being a uniquely countercultural community. So when we hear truth in this context, we normally hear it as propositional. Yes. And transactional. Yes. Okay. Yep. And, and it's not. No, what is it, Kev? Right. Well, what is it? You you totally pointed it out. Truth is a person. Yes. Yeah. 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 You, you no. You totally drew attention to that in the first right. service. Yeah. And I think that's the struggle. That's the. It's the. It's the question we keep getting over and over again. What do we do with John fourteen six? Right. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through. Oh yeah, me. that came in again this week too. Yeah. Oh, did it? It's a reoccurring mm-hmm. question. Yeah. Of if that's true, then what do we do with that? Yes. So how do you embody? How do you truth a person? Certainly, there are intellectual elements to truthing a person. Is truthing a twarting thing? So truth, no. See, that's great question, Tim. No, I think truthing is a representing. <laughs> so you always use the word represent, uh-huh. right? And you break up represent into uh-huh. the into representing. So what I think we're after is certainly if I'm truthing somebody, what that means is that I am embodying in my behavior and speech a a person whom i'm seeking to represent so an ambassador right a good ambassador of like let's say the united states who lives in china truths the united states when he or she represents the interests of the Mm -hmm. united states well make sense yeah now there's a cognitive component of that when we truth a person Right to know the person is to know certainly things about them. So yes, Jesus we believe is fully God and fully human. Jesus is is God in human form. Jesus is sinless. Those things are very very important to understand. Mm-hmm. But but often we end our truthing there. 
Whereas what the community called the church, why the reason why the body imagery is used is because that is like literally the church is the incarnation of the spirit of Jesus. When Jesus was here, he had flesh and blood. And then he sent his spirit so that he would still have flesh and blood. But now that flesh and blood wasn't localized to one Nazarene right. in you know Palestine in the first century. Now that flesh and blood is universalized throughout all the world to anybody who belongs to his church. So the true thing is when that corporate entity, through participating with the spirit of Jesus, uh, uh, embodies Jesus to a world that can't see him or hear him. So I so so is that torting somebody? It could be, but but it's it's but it's with that posture, it's with that embodiment. Yes. Versus yeah, just the, focus the truth isn't on them. The focus right. is on us. Right. So. If, for those of you who are listening to this still, like yeah, the, no way, uh, yeah, um, what do you mean by twarding? Just yeah, Tim, it's it's different. It's, yeah. No, twarding is just that when when we're truthing somebody, it's like it's I'm truthing you. I mean, you, you could read that as saying I'm telling you, I'm speaking the truth. Because when we translate into speaking the truth, it's yeah. like I'm twarding this. I'm putting this towards somebody else. It's okay. like. An aimed truth, okay, right? or I'm, I'm aiming somebody else at a truth I believe. For yes, them. yes, that, that's correct. That's You're pointing them somewhere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so, so often in Christian circles, we uh, we think that our job as good neighbors and disciples and learners and apprentices of Jesus is done when we simply say, "Hey, we really don't agree with your lifestyle." And that that's all that we need to do. That's a that's the bad form of torting. We're we're trying to use that statement to get them to stop doing what they're doing, or to make sure that people know that we're doing the right thing. Yes, because the Lord knows we can never, ever, mm -hmm. ever validate sin. Um, that would be the worst thing that could ever happen to a Christian is that is that someone would accuse us of affirming sin. And I'm being totally sarcastic. I was going to say you yeah. best you best clarify that. <laughs> But somehow in the American evangelical yeah. consciousness, that's the worst thing that could happen. Problem is Jesus got accused of that. And so did Paul. Yeah. So I'm not saying I'm Jesus or Paul. Of, of the, what did they get accused of? Of, of affirming, affirming sin. sin. So when Jesus would share table fellowship with sinners, he was called a friend of sinners right. and a glutton and a drunkard. Glutton and a drunkard was from Deuteronomy 21. It's a, it's, it was actually a death sentence in the first century. It was a rebellious son yeah. that was leading israel astray wow and when and you, to be a friend of sinners means to be one of them mm -hmm. and so jesus was very much accused of affirming sin and paul got that by the judaizers when he would bring the gentiles into the covenant promises of abraham without the traditional acts of circumcision um, baptism and um and repentance and so he was accused all over the place of, of affirming Gentiles and their sinfulness because the, he wasn't requiring that they be Jewish first. So all that is to say that of all the sins that we could be committing out there, be, being accused of validating someone's sin doesn't seem as significant as some of the other sins the New Testament focuses on, like division in the church. That's good. Um, or um, the platforming of personalities over against each other. Uh, rage, malice, anger, slander. Like all of these things are named over and over and over again, and they have to do with how the church functions together. So one of the big points we were making is in the discernment process, the goal isn't to stand in condemnation of the world. The goal is to pick and choose what narratives that, that are considered normal in our culture are narratives that we ourselves can embrace 
are which narratives can do we have to resist and and and, and instead provide a counter narrative to those worlds but it's not about the sinfulness of the world it's about the faithfulness of the church and when you shift it that way you realize who is being torted in the new testament isn't the gosh darn sinners out there it's the church being mm -hmm. torted to christ so when the church decides they want to toward the world they've forsaken the model of jesus who evidently loves the world and gave himself up for it so the problem is no one's listening to this part right we lost him at minute 13. we did totally <laughs> at at, at 440 yeah 440 when the rain happened right thoughts nadiri go we're all friends of sinners. Yes. 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 So how can friends of sinners accuse someone else of being friends of sinners when we're all friends of sinners? There that might is. have been the best if, thing. If I on could this drop podcast. this mic, yeah, I right would. There. Yes. Yeah. That might have been yeah. the best if, thing said on this whole podcast oh. so far. Yeah. For years. <laughs> for years. <laughs> have we been doing this for years? Yeah, we uh, have been. Uh, oh I'm my going word. to pastor mode too. Like I said, it's my birthright. It's a gene in me. Oh, <laughs> it's a gene. Just wait, I haven't activated it yet. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I believe that. Yeah, we, we, we affirm that. So how do we create those? Um, so how do we actually relate to the world around us? If, if in fact, what you're saying is true. If and in fact. If in fact, if in fact that Nate's great words there of... Of, of affirmation. Of affirmation, Christ yes. Uh, I, I think this is the wrestling match for Christians today. Yes. Because some people think we should stand and shout at them. Yes. Um, some think we should condemn them. Yeah. Some think we should condemn each other. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a pretty fascinating. It really is. And, uh, and interpretation of how to how to be a friend to sinners. It's beautiful. And and here's what's so interesting about Jesus. So Jesus um, practices uh, three Ps. Oh boy. Because I'm a preacher. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Right. You had three R's this week. Yeah. I know. I have three Ps right it's now. Dangerous. Uh, Dude, I, let me just say. I've been I've been going on to sermoncentral.com. Oh no. And you don't have to do that now. You have sermons. AI. AI. You could just ask yeah. your Snapchat. I've been going to chat GBT <laughs> and saying, help me, Jesus, or Jesus take the wheel yeah. and just see what comes out. Uh, okay. So no, this is from Alan Hirsch. Three piece. Yes. That's called uh, That's not Forgotten a Taylor Ways. Swift song. Called what? What's the book called? Forgotten Ways. Okay. Came out in like oh five, oh six. And he was noting things that characterized Jesus's incarnation in the world, mm -hmm. though he was not of the world. Okay. And drawing out implications, Kevin, to that exact, exact question. question. Right. The first thing he noticed was that Jesus was um, Jesus shared proximation. That's the first. He P. was in proximity with sinners. <laughs> he was not standoffish. He mm. didn't absent himself from <laughs> weddings or festivals, even if those weren't fully embodying the way that uh, the way of righteousness that he himself had uh, embodied and called others to. The second thing is that he uh, was fully present there. Oh, that's the second P. The second P was his presence. So okay. he would eat with tax, uh, tax, tax selectors. selectors. <laughs> yes. And, um, and collectors. And collectors. Mm -hmm. and, and as we've talked about a lot, but he would be present with them in a way that scandalized the religious community. So not just there near the people, but right. like involved. Involved in okay. their lives. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And then the, the third P was powerlessness. So so often what Jesus would do is he put himself, and Paul does this even more clearly to our understandings, but he would Jesus would assume the lowest role in social settings. So um, when there's the woman at the well, 
and the woman that is there uh, during midday, so she's got some issue, some sort of um, scandal in the eyes of the community, whether it was legit or not, we're not sure. But she was the woman was there to avoid everybody. Jesus dismisses his disciples and has this conversation with a Samaritan woman. And the first thing he does is, will you, will you get me water? And I was just reading yesterday, somebody was arguing the best way to love your neighbors is to ask them for help. Hmm. Uh, because people will always love to help. And then once you, once they do that, then they'll actually be comfortable asking you for help. Yeah. And then you, be, you start on this reciprocal sort of journey. That's interesting. So, so one That's of why the, potlucks work. Oh, potlucks are beautiful. Yeah. That's why losing your oven is tragic. <laughs> it is. Susie texted me, and I, I sat maybe for just a half an hour of silence. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a squirrel. Go ahead. <laughs> no, Susie lost her oven. How do you lose an oven? Lost in the sense of death. Oh, it died. Kind of like <laughs> that's totally different than Mike brought up. Continue. Yeah, Carmen. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yes. Damn it. Yes. May she rest in peace. Yes. Lacey's laying on the concrete over there. Yeah. So. All right. Lacey's the new one. Yeah. Carmen is the old one. I just got to keep those straight. Yeah. All right. Now, no, you're Lacey's really, alive. You yeah. really don't. Okay. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Now, what what uh, Ellen Hirsch did with those is then to suggest the, the way that we practice um, incarnating in the world is mm. is using the same that that we're proximate with people we never absent ourselves when we're present mm. we're fully present fully engaged not self-righteous not standing in judgment or separation yeah. from the people we're with and that we practice powerlessness we're we're um, if we're not sure what to do we're going to ask for help or we're going to offer to serve and um, in those ways, we sort of disarm mm -hmm. people mm -hmm. and disarm ourselves from wanting to tour to everybody. Right. Because assumed in the three Ps is the idea that everyone else is a gift to me rather than me being the gift to everybody right. else. Yeah. So that was super helpful for me. I love mm -hmm. that question. I love that. But, mm -hmm. but that's not what we've been indoctrinated into as, uh, as church people. Well, we were indoctrinated to to believe like that not that we're not to be of the world right? right and so like we're not we're not to be like everyone we're not to be so it really kind of translated to not being associated with people who are in the quote-unquote world right that people need to think of us as being different than whoever those people are right right and this came out of the idea of come out be separate be holy yeah yeah what was the pharisee maneuver mm -hmm. right but, that, that yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, no, no. I've no, talked, finish I've that talked thought. way but too But finish much. that thought. Well, the, 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 we think the root of the Aramaic word that, was, that would be used for Pharisee meant to separate. Yeah. And so the, the Pharisee, how do you be faithful to God? Their answer was be separate. Because didn't God say, be holy as I am holy? Yeah. Yeah. And so holy meant set apart, but it didn't mean separate. In the so way this is thought. something I've been actually thinking about a lot in the last couple of weeks because wouldn't that be like when god is saying that isn't he saying like i've already separated you i've already called you out like the separation isn't something that i do to myself or for myself it's something that god has done for me in my salvation and him calling me out and in me becoming one with him that's the separation right and then the but living that so separation the way based on your Alan Hirsch summary yeah you know the thing that we're called to be is salt and light 
That's right. very, that's something very direct that Jesus says that we're, we're meant to be salt and light. Right. And so what those two elements do when they enter into a situation, they don't cease being themselves. Like you put salt in a dish, it doesn't, the dish becomes salty. You recognize that there's salt in there, but salt changes something. It's present with something and it changes the whole environment because yeah. of what it is. Yeah. So does light. I mean, light right. is always light. It doesn't, you yeah. know. Yep. It enters into a dark space and you see the light and it changes the environment. So it really does make sense then when you yeah. say that this is more about the faithfulness of the church. It's more about what we're called to be and to become and how we are to be present. That was one of the P's, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. What were the other ones? Proximity. Yeah. In proximity, and be present and... Purple. Powerless. Powerless. Yeah. Because that, I mean, the powerlessness of it is that it's not all about me. If I put salt right. in something, That's I need so the thing that the salt is going into in order for it to become what it needs to be. Totally. So. That's so good, but, Susan. And it, but it's it's happening. It happens over and over again through mm -hmm. every generation. Yeah. That there, we find ways to separate ourselves. And a lot of the time, it's when we're afraid. Right. right. And there are times to be separate like there are not there are things i personally cannot participate in a culture or i will sin right and so there are times when separation totally. is absolutely necessary and those vary right because because mm -hmm. what some people struggle with is different from what others yeah. i can have sure. i can have a course light and not have 40. Well, it's like the people who go and minister to people in, that are sex workers, right? Right. Like that's awesome that there are people who do that. I mean, that's an easy example. Yeah. But yeah, you know, exactly right. And just to comment back to salt, whenever I get Nate up early, he gets salty too. And huh. it changes the environment. It sure does. <laughs> okay. Anyway. I thought that was a kid's songbook. What's it? Salt it is my friend's dad wrote it. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. Mic drop. Yeah. Dang. What? Wrote salty. Yeah. Susie. I know. You have know. so many layers. Peter Jacobs. Oh wow. You have so many layers. Mm -hmm. yes. Right. Right. Mm. Layers you don't even know about. Right. Not yeah. so an onion doesn't even fit. It's more like a jalapeno onion. Wow. I didn't even know that was a thing. It's like a spicy, spicy <laughs> onion. <laughs> okay. One last question. I think this is a short one <coughs> that came up on the uh, text line as well. If um. In, in if if the church is supposed to be this kind of place that you're describing and um, how how do you if you've been a part of churches in the past and you've kind of been burned by churches which is a lot of our community and our dear listener a lot of us a lot of us um, how do you how do you learn to trust it again how do you learn to trust the leadership how do you learn to um, lean back into that? Because I think that's that's a question I think even people that have come here for a while are still wrestling with. <laughs> <laughs> Susie's still wrestling with it this right morning. now. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think that's a fair question. Absolutely. And because uh, we're saying, in essence, the church is still the right answer to the question where we work this out. Um, if we define it differently than Americans do. True. Right. That definition is so important. Right. And, but yet at the same time, there's, yeah, um, this, this is what we have. Yeah. And we watch it play out in multiple places around us. Just, just recently in our, in, in, um, Nashville, there was another pastor that had to resign or take a leave of absence because of things that were happening in his church. So you, you find yourself going, 
hmm. Yeah. Who do I trust and who don't I trust? Yeah. And I think that's that's something I think we at least at some point need to say, how did I learn to trust again? Yeah. Because, and, and you've gone through a process. Uh, Nate's yeah. actually nodding his head with, yeah. in agreement. Susie, you went through a process. Tim, you did. So... Tim Stafford. Tim Stafford is the process. <laughs> is the he's process. Not even, he's not on the <clears throat> other side of that thing yet. Fourth P. Fourth P. Process. Yeah. Nice. But yes. I, I think when we, like a year ago, we were talking about the world and the difference between saying, because I always thought it was the world is everybody outside, right? Outside <laughs> of the church. I'm putting right. that in quotes. Yeah. And the church is what we are and yeah. they're, they're, they're the world. Them. Yeah. Um, I think what was so helpful for me was when I started, go, when you were helping us see the world is like how I embody babylon as the oh, jesus follower like wow. i i want yeah. a lust i desire i i am greedy i am selfish all these things these are the the ways of the world yeah that me as a jesus follower i am embodying those things yeah um and i think when it was so helpful for me to go oh no the way the world is in the church and it's outside and I need to, we need to start looking at ourselves going, where is this stuff playing out? Yeah. Uh, maybe that's not answering your question. No, Kevin, no, but, but Revelation shows well, that. You're but that's, right. but, but we make, I mean, the church can sometimes embody Babylon. For sure. And, All, every day. And, and we, we church people can embody Babylon in the way that we treat our leaders even. Yeah. And I think that's when we're looking at the church going, how can I trust those people again? It's because we have this, these two separate entities of going, oh, the church should be this thing. But it's just a bunch of people who are still a part of the world. And so Jesus' way is the only thing we can actually, it's the only North Star. Yeah, anyway. Um, most compelling argument that I've heard, because for where I'm at, being 19, and being uh, growing up in the church my entire life. Um, We're sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm figuring it out for myself because, you know, I'm not living under my dad's roof anymore. Um, but the most uh, compelling the most compelling thing that I've heard is when people don't tell me, like, what I need to be doing. It's like when people are humble and are with me where I'm at because basically when the people that are talking to me recognize that they're just as screwed up as me, or they're just as screwed up as everybody else. I think that's the most compelling thing because the whole point of church in my eyes is to make people feel safe. And I feel like people don't feel safe at all in a lot of churches, which just completely blows my mind that that's not the point in my eyes. Mm -hmm. um, but I think a lot of people overcomplicate it. I think it comes down to the advocating being with being with somebody I forget all of them. To. Yeah. And then, you know, once you do that, you're able to direct them. But at the end of the day, like, we're all, you know, kind of in the same boat, no matter who you are. Like, you're, uh, we all struggle with certain things. Yeah. And uh, no matter who you are, what position you have, um, you know, I struggle with stuff. I know damn well my dad struggles with stuff. Uh -oh. um, but I, I think... That's the a lot best, of damning going on. The best version of uh, people talking to me about God. Facts. Thanks, Lacey. Is uh, is when it's just a conversation. It's not like yeah. a proclamation. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. There you go. Good, dude. There you go. Fifth P. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole lot of pee. Uh, oh, yeah. Dang. I, I think I think once once a church loses its relational capacity, and it becomes a event, or it becomes insulated, and you can't know the people, and you just kind of come and you go, or and you don't know the people. The people are platformed. Um, and you don't get access. I think that also is a um, a struggle for actual relational. Uh, I think you should know the people that are leading the church. If you don't know the people that are leading the church and they're not available to be known, I think you you find yourself in a world of hurt. Hmm. I might disagree with you, but but I, I see what you're saying. I mean, because I, I think there'd be people that would be a part of a community because I you know. Mm-hmm. I don't you, know how you can disagree with me, Tim. Yeah, just the leadership part. I don't know how much I care about that part. Like, if if there's a group of people, like when we left our community in mm-hmm. in California, we left right. Mariners, and we just decided we're just going to start hanging out with a bunch of people. Right. Um. Like we were really the church with people. Like it right. was such a beautiful mm-hmm. season where we it, it, we didn't have leadership per se. Right. And it was just such a great season of being the church with people. That's that, what I mean. Yeah, and if you're if you are in a in a church that's an organization yeah, if you're part thing. of a local organization yeah. that's a church those leaders shouldn't be inaccessible to you whether you want to get to know them or not is a whole nother thing but they just shouldn't be inaccessible yeah i, I don't know if i care about that personally like I, if if you have a huge yeah, that's church what I'm saying. In, you don't care about it and that's good that's fine in china if there's a ginormous community like there are so many over there wherever uh-huh. yeah um that nobody's going to be able to talk to that leadership but if they, these little groups are being the church. I don't know if it matters if they know their leaders, but this is such a tangent. But I don't. I don't know if it is, dude. Uh, um, yeah, we're we're very anti tangents here. So I, is there well, such a thing as a tangent on yeah. this thing? I uh, I just I, I'm pushing back no. at like needing to know, like everybody needing to know their leaders, or the okay. leaders knowing everybody. Because I think you're speaking about the posture of the leader. Yeah, and okay. you're speaking about right. the posture of yep. the tender. Yeah. I'm thinking I, I, if if a leader has something to hide and they become um, walled off to being vulnerable, transparent in those things and they're not known by the community that they serve. Right. That community is in trouble. Yeah. Sorry. Agree with you. Can't wait to talk more. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, ferocious. Cujo down. Cujo down. Yep. Everybody's Carmen, safe, here. Lacey. Everybody's good. That We're kid good. that thank just you, walked thank by. You for, thank you for protecting us yeah, against yes. that kid <laughs> that walked by with yeah. the ball. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. All right. We have you, staff for you tell one minute. Yeah, we have staff meeting. We got to go. Tell. Oh, we got to go. Yeah. Hey, well, thanks for joining us, Tim. Yeah. Tim. Yeah. Appreciate <laughs> Best your nap Tim Nate. had. Tim, anything you want to say? Lacey. Do you guys validate? For parking, <laughs> we do. That's, if you parked in the right spot, and uh, we're out. If you enjoyed today's episode, we would love it if you would share a screenshot of this episode to your Instagram story and tag us at journey underscore tn. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcasting app.